Oh, you gotta love appreciators Bob and back again and better than ever. And, and uh, welcome, welcome, uh, one and all. I am Brett, aka PQ, better known here in these here parts as the appreciator. And, 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 and we got a lot to get to, to here. So um, run a let's hotel. see. The first and, uh, thing I need to do is those of you uh, who uh, know and appreciate and listen to Shambles Constant on the overnight scape underground. We recently featured him on the big appreciation showcase. He has contacted me and just wants everyone to know. Everything is fine. And yes, he is doing another one of his retreats from podcasting for a while. He always comes back. Just um, as good, if not better than ever, with a, a torrent of great shows. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll miss you, uh, you know, while you're gone, Shambles, but very much look um, forward to your triumphant return. He says thing. at the end of the but summer, sometime, he anticipates uh, you, you being back. And, yeah, it's summer vacation, and uh, from, it, uh, have I mean, some fun. He's, he's got a family, the wife and the daughter, and we send our best regards to all of them. From the chalet studio, from where all the appreciation happens. Um, And listen to uh, Mike Booty's latest episode on um, Beyonce. And it's also available on YouTube. You look up The Midnight Citizen and you will find Mike Booty. And uh, one of the things he talked about was... um, this phenomenon um, of late of celebrities this whole signing and charging a lot of money at various conventions and events and brought up Richard here, Dreyfus. Um, now, to me, I, I uh, to see he, Richard it's, Dreyfus it's just, it's like a is science fiction one of the best of life actors really, I don't in film. Get and all of the from the time, I think um, the first time I saw him was a film called on The Apprenticeship of Duty Gravitz which is a coming-of-age comedy, and if you've never seen it, it really is a remarkable 70s comedy. And right on the heels of that, he became very popular and, and famous in uh, George Lucas's film, my favorite George it, it, Lucas film, wonderful American Bible Graffiti, in which he played... Um, ostensibly the told, lead I mean, as and, the guy who the is, spends the night yeah, I can chasing the girl in the white Mustang, who turned out a few years later he, to be just, another celebrity, like Suzanne this is Summers. Like and the best I don't know, the idea that such a great actor is now, um, well, I don't know the, if it's a reduction. I don't know. I suppose it is. It's different I mean, than practicing your craft. But as Mike to, pointed like out, apparently he has many ex-wives I mean, with whom uh, he has to make regular, uh, whatever, legal restitutions. So when, I guess, that much of your income is taken up in, I don't know, when is the last time Richard Dreyfuss was in any sort of major motion picture? Let's let's take a look together here, because I am definitely curious. That's just well, in 2015, in this he won an award for the lifetime contribute such a malady. contribution to the art of film, and uh, that is a prestigious uh, award. But let's uh, go over to IMDb I'm here a second so many things and I can take a look here. here. And oh, he's still acting. He was just in a film called Sweetwater. He played Santa in Save Christmas last Christmas time. These are films I well, I don't. I only keep up with the ones that I'm exposed to by uh, my so-called 
preliminary friends. Oh, he was an astronaut in 2019. Crime, so he's still making films. But like and I say, of you who he may have other payments for a while above and, and beyond. And of course, no, he's also famous for appearances in what, Close Encounters, and it's a The love Goodbye Girl, and Jaws. But for me, he'll always be Duty Kravitz, that's for sure. And a lot of other celebrities do this. And, you know, comic book celebrities 1920s, especially, TV celebrities, and music. I don't know. The old I've never paid the, the for an bands, autograph. And the last time I went music, and waited and online to, oh, I thought I might get an autograph. The, uh, but uh, this fellow was only signing books. And, and I wasn't going to buy his book. But I did, Just before he passed on, get an opportunity back in the 90s to give a hearty handshake to the great Steve Allen. Now, most of you, I mean, he's another one who's been forgotten. But Steve Allen was the original host of the original Tonight Show way back in the 1950s. And those original hosts, you may think Jay Leno is great and whoever, I have no idea who, if there's even a Tonight Show anymore, hosts the program. But I'm the Tonight Show, of course, Johnny Carson but, uh, band, was the like hero Paul of all White, heroes of hosts. So Ernie of Kovacs hosted it for a brief and, uh, time. And then there a was a gentleman more, who's been I mean, almost totally forgotten, Jack Parr, who did a very unique, low-key, and kind of wonderful from the, the few clips that survived version of The um, Tonight Show. But Steve Allen did The Tonight Show, did many other television shows, appeared in a lot of places, like and he did weeks. a radio show ben in the 1980s that I wish I could find Cliff more Edward, air checks of. Uh, AKA he hosted Ikeru. a show on WNEW uh, AM radio, and it was syndicated Cricket after that. And Pinocchio every day, um, he had Herb Sargent as a co-host. Bob and, uh, Einstein, who was another great comedian, the, uh, showed up rather regularly. And this whole crew of the, some of the funniest people, the 50s, and it was before, really, uh, if you get a chance to hear the 1980s Steve Allen show, and I'm going to have to keep an eye out for some uh, specimens to perhaps stick on the uh, showcase series in um, some of just his, um, an incredible earlier program and I mean Keaton I got to uh, wait online at a book Keaton, signing in Albuquerque with my old friend, the legendary Lenny Hoffman, another very funny and man. And I got to shake his hand and thank him for all he had done star, um, and just and, and, and he's okay, married to Jane Randolph means, who is the sister bad, of Joyce of Randolph who played you know, Alice Cramden on Jackie Gleason's The Honeymooners uh, for many many years through the original the series stuff. as well as Almost in uh, all the stuff Keaton that happened in the 1960s and, and revivals in, uh, I think the last one was in the 1980s actually you see how everything uh, ties together? Instead it's, it's, of, it's just, just a neat uh, the phenomenon of very tying together. Buster and Keaton. today, and, in yeah, fact, I this very day, I saw The Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, the two this is not and the slightly longer any ones great like cinematic Sherlock achievement. Jr. However, I grew up, and of course I talk about growing up with the Silver Age of Marvel Comics, and at the beginning of the Bronze Age, a lot of really neat things happened that 
became parts of this movie, uh, the whole alternate Earth, and they turned the character M that Jack Kirby created in comics like his Thor and Fantastic Four series and built him into this whole other story. Gil Kane drew it. Gillum. Was it Steve Englehart? Eddie I don't want to give credit who was, where credit isn't due, uh, but I'm guessing. Also totally from memory. Like, but um, those old Al Warlock did, comics from the early comedian, 70s, I think he appeared in Marvel premiere. Time. Oh, um, boy. Those were movies, just wonderful and, and really introduced me to appreciating the, times, uh, the art of Gil Kane, a lesser-known comic so artist. But he's he did so much in the Silver Age and on into the Bronze Age. And even did some Supermans well into the 1990s, if I am not mistaken. Very innovative. Cool wine. If you look him up on, say, Google Image Search, you will see just a crazy, cool, unique style. And then, of course, there were all the things that Jim Starlin did in this Bronze Age 1970 Marvels. And, and the what this Guardians of the Galaxy and the series, is and especially an this third one, has done is the sort of it's not exactly canon, but the way they tied it all together, um, I have to take my hat off to James Gunn. Of sort of and I know a lot of people, there are sort of, issues um, with these Marvel movies, and later. I am and, uh, just amazed Lightman, at the special the way, effects. The it just makes me feel like such a kid. And Batista, Batista. I was a professional wrestler for WWE, and I have to admit, I never liked Batista in any of his previous film attempts. I mean, the man is not a great actor, but he has this presence, and um, James Gunn and the Marvel movie makers, I think Kevin Feige is involved. And other people like somehow Valley, created a role that a he was able to really a, play strong. Character, but he I am telling you, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 the is two and Rudy one Valley half hours of great superhero fun and awesome. Like, I mean, I know I don't watch a lot of special effects Valley films, and maybe I'm behind the times, but I am but, uh, just amazed at how, like, say, the character Rocket by, uh, Raccoon is of microphones just and being so able to sing much into a microphone belief, instead of belting it out. I'm suspending my disbelief. I believe again. in these um, characters and these, the sets uh, and the, in the it's just, on archive.org yeah. for what I like, and I mean, it's not a five-star all-time classic, for, but, but a lot of people it, want to it's hear their a fun movie. And to me, all of these especially artists, in this day and amazing. age with all Are of this, represented with newly just a beautiful film, uh, well done, um, all the way around, Spotify kept my attention, and believe me, you're talking day. to somebody, as you may be able to I tell with my rambling monologues, my attention Spotify. span just goes After hither and thither and them, here and there, those and of you who remember when they it started, held me, it held me raptly and solidly in place for the duration and now, I had just I, I, a fabulous time sort of with Guardians of the Galaxy aficionado. 3. And this new noise fix thing, this, uh, what do they call it, Adobe? Uh, 
the Adobe Remove Noise from Voice Recordings with Speech Enhancement page. And that all um, the stuff ties it, it together. It really does. I'm able to I run my air conditioner and, and luckily, do all my um, breathy stuff like or YouTube, not breathe. You can see and it just all of the cleans it all up. Cartoons. And their regular musical you want to talk ones, about appreciating. Tom and this Jerry, is just Aesop's the most wonderful series. thing There's just ever. So many and I tried this noise fix Warner on some old-time radio. With, um, um, there again, are episodes of the series Quiet Bosco, which I recently uh, played kind of on, I think, showcase number three. Uh, one of the episodes buddy. of Better I mean, Audio. The and there are some that are barely Boop. listenable, Betty and Boop I thought, okay, maybe this speech enhancement well, can do something for this and I ran an episode through and, they and threw in because it's they not were quite Jewish. there yet um, these, yes um, it cleared Jewish up the noise and made a voice come out of the funny. shadows and but I don't it's, know. The AI it's, it's is trying to make Leonard words to out of distortion, it, it's really a shame and it doesn't. In a certain way, I it's mean, not yes, working a hundred percent. Parts of it you can understand thing, what is being said, and other know. parts it just comedy it, it doesn't that work. Kind of thing. But I, it As gives I me hope before, because, of course, there are episodes of Victim Saved also that I would just be thrilled to be able to pull out of the muck. And they, present because not even, I've skipped quite a few. I don't know. In I don't our, see the harm in them. Showcasing Vic and Sade, the way they're presented and, and the way they, they look. There are only so many of them. Been and to this to day, I dread very running out of Vic and Sades to I present here. I guess I can people. always go back and start case, over because you can never listen to these episodes enough. Uh, absolutely. Um, let's have a little Bob and Ray right now, and uh, I'll get back to appreciating, I am sure, of the big right after. Appreciation showcase is on its way. And um, just thanks for listening. You can reach me at kbqr.torc at gmail.com. And once again, it's time <laughs> for Grand Motel. Speck of a place. Week. A heck of a place on Route 14 near Hadleyville, where the mountains reach the sky and living is easy as pie. In today's episode, our action begins with uncompromising owner Leonard Humphrey directing a newly arrived guest to his suite in Grand Motel. Yeah, I'm putting you in Unit 5, mister. Just park your machine over under that sycamore and you won't have far to carry your baggage. Well, I don't usually have to carry my own stuff in other places where I stay, Mr. Uh, uh, what's your name anyway? Humphrey, Leonard Humphrey. Well, I guess that's okay. But as I was telling you, Humphrey, uh, Leonard Humphrey, I don't usually no, have my, to... Uh... my name is just uh, Leonard Humphrey. Only one Humphrey in it. Well, then I don't know uh, why you told me there were two... Anyway, if you'll stop interrupting for a minute, I wanted to say that other motel owners unpacked my car for me, carry the suitcases into the room. Well, I guess I could do that. You sure can't afford to lose your business. Fine. Come on, I'll open the car trunk for you. I've got uh, quite a few sample cases in there I want you to carry into the room. Well, if you'd park your machine over under that sycamore, it wouldn't be so far to carry things. No, that's okay. I don't mind. Well, sure a lot of luggage there. Really got the back end of your car weighted down. What kind of samples you carry with you? I uh, sell bricks. Naturally, I have to carry several styles of your natural red building brick, your round-cornered paving brick, your light-colored adobe. Adobe's getting very popular. Yeah, I don't know why you need them all carried in. 
But we can't afford to lose your business, so I'll just... Wait a minute, Daddy. Don't you lift those heavy things till I get there. That's all right, Naomi. I'm fine. Uh, who's the good-looking chick? She's my daughter. Well, I guess that's okay. Have you got any ice around here? Well, there's, uh... Daddy, I'm so glad you've talked this gentleman into staying. We can use the money to have our billboard out in the highway lighted. Now, oh, Naomi, that can wait. You need a nice new dress. Hey, uh, Free, uh, you never answered my question. Well, there's a nice chest out behind Not you. that question. I asked, uh, who's the good-looking chick is here? She's my daughter. Okay. So, uh, which one of you wants to get me some ice? Well, it's right behind unit number nine. We usually let our guests help themselves. Daddy, my stars, don't offend the man. We need his business. Yeah, all right, Naomi. I'm sorry. Hey, Humphrey, uh, you still didn't answer my question. She's my daughter. No, no, you already answered that one. I asked, uh, which one of you wants to get me some ice? Well, I will. No, I will, Daddy. You stay here. Oh, no, that's all right, Naomi. I will. Look, if you two squabble like this about everything, you could keep me awake all night. The man of my line of work needs his rest. I'd better look for a room someplace else. So long. Well, I'm sorry, Naomi. I, I guess I failed you again. Can Leonard Humphrey remain uncompromising and hope to succeed in the motel business? Will lighting his billboard on the highway really solve the problem? Perhaps we'll learn more next time when another weary traveler pulls up to Grand Motel. Oh, you gotta love Bob and Ray. And that was particularly a cool and recurring um, segment of the, the Grand Hotel, which up to had the hapless adventures of a motel owner and his daughter trying to successfully run a hotel. And uh, most of the episodes kind of centered around whether or not um, they had a continental breakfast. Um, to just, I, I don't know. There aren't those kind of motels anymore, I guess. It's kind of scary. Um, they, if, you used to be able to just travel around the country with a wallet, and you would stop somewhere and find some small, independently-owned motel, pull out your wallet, pay in cash. Um, and I guess people use motels for clandestine... Um, encounters, uh, you know, cheating on their spouses, um, just having affairs with workmates, that sort of thing. But now you have to show, uh, you, you can't pay with cash at a motel or hotel anymore. From uh, I mean, I haven't stayed in one myself in many years, but that's what I am, that's just so weird. I mean, it just isn't that legal tender and you're supposed to take it no matter where you, I don't understand. I mean, ostensibly, it's because people we don't want wandering the country, maybe spies or Lord knows what, travel around and do things and they can't be documented because they gave a fake name and they paid cash. Um, I don't, it's very confusing to me, this whole new modern cash-free thing that's happening. But Apparently it's happening. The future is here, um, and I, I live to see it. it. It's just, it's like a science fiction way of life to me, really. I don't quite get all of the details. Um, also in new things on the overnightscape underground, I have praised and will continue to praise Dave in Kentucky's series. Um, it, it, they're just wonderful 
Bible stories, uh, but it told, I mean, and, and I love the reverb. I can almost hear him preaching in some alternate church or something. He, but he's just, this isn't like going to church. This is like all the best parts of a church-like atmosphere and feel without the, I don't know, proselytizing. I mean, never once do I feel I'm being preached to. I feel like somebody is telling me these great stories. I mean, the return of the Nephilim uh, and all that reverb, it's just a splendid listen for all. And uh, the family listening as well. And uh, there's even some leprosy involved, which I, I, there's just, I guess there still is leprosy and leper column, got colonies. That's just mind boggling in this modern era that we still have such a malady. Although I think I'll have to do some more research. If you know more about leprosy, by all means, uh, be in touch with me because I'm just so many things I can track down here, and I'm more into just keeping the ball rolling on these programs. And as many of you who have been listening to me for a while and know me, know I have this real, and it's a love for 1920s, early 1930s music the old records, uh, the bands, the style of music, and it definitely stems out of loving the uh, early Warner Brothers cartoons and those uh, Van Buren cartoons. Just the early talky cartoons had this happy, bouncy, fun music that eventually developed into swing music, but if you listen carefully, it's very different. It's... Uh, I don't know, happier. Uh, swing came in in the pre-war era, and you can almost feel the war coming and then the World War II thing happening. Um, it, it's a little more aggressive. Um, that This is just like bubbly and a nice pace. And, of course, you had the Charleston back in the 20s. but uh, And bands like Paul Whiteman. It's so many of them. And I used to listen, and uh, there's a lot more. I mean, they're a lot more complete. There is a collection called The Popular Jazz Archive on the aforementioned and ever-mentioned here, um, archive.org. And they just have endless in this collection. All these artists like Anson Weeks, the Ben Selvin and his orchestra, the amazing Cliff Edwards, uh, a.k.a. Ukulele Aiku, um, you may know best as the voice of Jiminy Cricket in the Disney Pinocchio movie. Um, that's probably his greatest claim to fame. And uh, he even appeared on some of the uh, original Mickey Mouse Club episodes, if I'm not mistaken, back in the 50s before uh, he kind of died broken in obscurity. But in the 20s and early 30s, he was a big star, even co-starring with the legendary Buster Keaton in some of his um, earlier talkies. I mean, Keaton, this is a fall from grace for Buster Keaton because as fans of him know, once he hit his late silent era and he no longer had creative control over his films, 
he just kind of became another comedy star and they're okay as early 30s films and by all means they're not bad which a lot of people because you know critical examinations of buster keaton's career tend to dismiss this stuff and steer you to the silent stuff but almost any buster keaton to me is still great and cliff edwards starred with him in uh, several including one doughboys where keaton actually plays uh, a ukulele instead of it's just a neat and very different buster keaton and yeah i do concede that his silent films especially his earlier short films the two reelers and the slightly longer ones like sherlock jr are just brilliant exemplars of the best of silent comedy and perhaps some of the best movie comedy that there ever was but um other artists that you can find in this collection gene austin who uh, sang the original my blue heaven kate smith who is actually a lot better and a lot more entertaining than you would think if you remember her from the 70s smith blue orchestra um ted weems uh art gillum eddie Cantor, who was uh also did the stuff like um, Al Jolson did, but he was a funnier comedian and also a big film star of the time. Um, he did a lot of great movies, and unfortunately, because of the times, uh, he did a little bit of what they called blackface. So it, he, he's cancelable at any given time. Early Maurice Chevalier, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra, who's probably the best the king of jazz and if you get a chance uh, recently uh within the last oh, 10 years they restored his 1930 film the king of jazz which is just a fabulous and it's in color that two strip technicolor technique that uh, was popular before they perfected color um and the restoration is beautiful and the film is just an incredible tour de force of the sort of entertainment that was prevalent in the late 20s, early 30s, and a pre-code film at that with a couple of sort of risque sort of um, scenes that wouldn't be seen later. And uh, Paul Whiteman, by the way, and the movie has a sequence of it, introduced perhaps the greatest piece of music of the 20th century, The Rhapsody in Blue. George Gershwin's masterpiece, which just about any music historian will tell you, pretty much changed the whole face of music, jazz, classical, and otherwise forever when it was premiered. Um, and other people like Rudy Valley, who later played in a bunch of movies, always playing a, an interesting character, but he was a famous crooner. All the girls loved Rudy Valley back in the day and his star was only replaced when other crooners like um Bing Crosby and I guess Rudy Valley was more of he sang in a megaphone but uh Bing Crosby in that soft style was made possible by uh, the development of microphones and being able to sing into a microphone instead of belting it out which changed music once again um but all of these uh, artists, which in the collection on archive.org, these are off of old 78s, 
And it, it, they're scratchy old records, which I have an appreciation for. But a lot of people want to hear their stuff clear. And all of these artists, it's just amazing, are represented with newly remastered recordings um, on Spotify. Spotify, once again, saves the day. Um, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate Spotify. After many years of dismissing them, because uh, those of you who remember when they started, it was uh, pretty catch-as-catch-can content. And now I, I'm, I've become sort of a Spotify aficionado. And then all this stuff ties together. I mean, I love old cartoons. And luckily, um, the places even like YouTube, you can see almost all of the Van Buren cartoons. They're regular musical ones. They're... Uh, Tom and Jerry, their Aesop's Fable series. There's just so many. Um, the early Warner Brothers cartoons with, um, again, a stereotype character named Bosco in a lot of them who became, kind of evolved into a more innocuous character, Buddy. I mean, the same thing happened with Betty Boop. Betty Boop, the early cartoons, are quite, um, well, controversial. There's stereotype characters, and they threw in, because they were Jewish, um, these um, Jewish stereotype characters, which are very funny. And I don't know, it's, 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 they need, what, Leonard Malton to explain? It, it's really a shame, in a certain way, I mean, yes, that people's feelings are hurt by these is a terrible thing, but I don't know. At ethnic comedy and that kind of thing as I say before, it's not done out of hate. It's done out of a tradition of comedy and making fun and satirizing people. And they, it, they're they not even, I don't know, I don't see the harm in them, but I acknowledge that the way they're presented and the way they look to somebody who's never been exposed to them could be very offensive. And I can't take that away from people. In any case, um, I hope you had fun in this particular 26th gathering under the title The Appreciator, the number four episode of the Big Appreciation Showcase is on its way. And um, just thanks for listening. You can reach me at kpqr.torc at gmail.com or um, not. <laughs> That's the way that goes. But till we next meet, I do ask you to set the controls for the heart of the fun, and I'll see you then.